Good afternoon. Good morning. Good evening. Wherever you're tuning in from around the globe, welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. I am very, very pleased that you are all here with me today. We've got a wonderful show in store for you with an amazing guest. I'm really looking forward to having her come on. But first, of course, we have our little section from my book, uh, Everyday Awakening, You Are More Powerful Than You Know. And this section today is entitled, Not Giving the Answer Allows People to Grow and Trust Themselves. How do we empower others? How do we, as coaches, teachers, guides, parents, bosses, and managers, help those we interact with find their way? Do we give them all the answers? Do we tell them all that we have learned? Or do we guide them to find the answers within themselves? Handing someone the solution to a problem they are facing may feel good to us. Yet if the people we are trying to help do not learn to find answers on their own, we have disempowered rather than empowered them. Being a real guide a true mentor means learning to ask the questions that allow them to realize what the correct path is for themselves. We may think we know the answer. We may think we have the solution they need. Yet if all we do is share our opinions with them, they aren't discovering how to access their own inner wisdom. We are not teaching them that they have the power to resolve their issues on their own. We are not giving them the gift of our presence and allowing them to use their creativity and trust themselves more. It does not matter whether the person we are working with is our partner, our lover, our child, our employee, or our coworker. It does not matter how important or unimportant the situation may be. We are only either encouraging the people around us to forge their own path through their efforts, or we are taking that opportunity away from them. When we create dependency upon us in others, we create followers. When we create the atmosphere for independent thinking, we allow people to grow into leaders. Which do you want to create? followers, or fellow leaders. So this section of my book I wrote a while ago, and it, it kind of came about uh, during the period uh, when I was learning to become uh, a facilitator myself. And, and having been a coach and a healer before, I was really kind of used to like giving people advice and telling them how I see things and what to do. And it was really a, a huge mind shift for me, a, a huge mindset shift for me to work with people and not tell them what to do. And instead of, even though I might see it very clearly, what they should do next and how should they approach things and how should they treat things, even though I could see it so clearly, I realized that if I just tell it to them, all it does is create dependency on me. They're just going to keep coming back to me 
to say, oh, Sam, what do I do now with this situation? Or Sam, oh, what do I do now? Or what happens next? Or how do I do this? And so it really, this idea of not telling people what to do, but allowing them to find their own path really started to resonate with me. Because the purpose of doing this deep inner work is not to create dependency. I mean, there's so many things in society in general that disempower us, that make us feel not enough and not worthy and not good enough. That really as, as guides, as, as, as teachers, I feel like our biggest responsibility is to empower people, is to help people to see their own beauty, their own, uh, um, their own inner wisdom, their own power, their own sense of self, and to give them agency over the situations they might be in. Of course, we all need support now and then. But there's a big difference between support and telling someone what to do. You know, as a facilitator, one of the techniques that's been reinforced over and over again to me is to share stories about my own life and not to tell people what to do. So if I see someone in a particular situation, and it's a situation I'm familiar with because I personally have been through that, I might tell them what I did in that situation, but it was what I did for me. And maybe they can take something from that and learn to do something with that themselves. But it's a very fine balance to walk of sharing versus telling, of empowering versus disempowering. And and so I, I wrote this section because I realized like this applies to so many situations, you know, not just as a, as a, guide or a mentor or a coach, but even as a parent, as a coworker, as a manager, as a boss, it's true in almost any situation where we're interacting with other people, even just as a friend. And believe me, I've had many situations where friends have come to me and they're having a challenging situation with a relationship and and they always come to me for advice. And I was like, well, I don't know why you're coming to me, but but they come to me for advice. And it's like, I used to, and believe me, I'm, I'm the pot calling the kettle black. I used to tell people what to do all the time because it was so clear to me. But after a while, I realized they weren't listening to me because I was telling them what to do. They weren't finding it for themselves. So it didn't really have the same... Uh, importance. There's an old expression that goes, if I say something, it means little, but if you say something, it means everything. And so it's the idea that we all have to really discover for ourselves what is the right choice? What is the right path? What is the proper way for us to move forward? And it may be different than how anybody else moves forward. So if you're listening to this episode and 
you're the kind of person who works with other people and you're used to giving advice. I just implore you to to think about it, to maybe take a step back. And instead of giving advice, ask questions, share stories, and see if the people you work with, see what they find out for themselves and see how that feels differently for you and how that feels differently for them. So that's my little section from my book. Um, this uh, section is called not giving the answer allows people to grow and trust themselves. And that of course is from my book, everyday awakening, which you can find at www.everydayawakeningbook.com. And that just takes you to the listing on Amazon. But if you're like me and you like going to small independent bookstores, please just tell them, Hey, I'd like to get this book everyday awakening by Sam Leibowitz and they can find it. We're in all the major distributor book distributors. So um, even your small independent bookstore can get it. All right. So now it is my extreme pleasure to welcome to the show and Papayoti. Um, Anne is an international life leadership and relationship coach, a speaker, educator, and author. She is the founder of Skyview Coaching, and in her new book, The Gift of the Shift, which we'll be discussing, Discover the Key Within to Unlock Your Best Life, Anne uses many experiences to show how one can open that gift lovingly instead of freezing up becoming resistant, or giving in to depression, resignation, or other unhealthy emotions, one can choose a better, more life-affirming, adaptable approach that can lead to new possibilities and a better path forward. She is dedicated to waking people up to living their best life by helping them untangle from their past, align with their values, and connect with their higher purpose. And captivates, educates, and inspire audiences by sharing her personal experiences of loss, transition, and triumph. She connects with clients in person and online through one-on-one and group coaching, speaking engagements, teaching platforms, blogs, and magazine articles. Welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Anne. Thank you, Sam. I'm so delighted to be here with you today. Oh, it's a pleasure to to have you on the show. Thank you. So um, just to give our audience a little background, so how did you come to be a coach? I mean, was it, were you like Lucy when you were a little kid? Hey, five cents for advice, or was this something that developed later in life? Well, there's a lot here for us to talk about, but I have to start with what you were sharing because I know from listening to some of your previous episodes that you don't plan what part of your book you're going to share based on Correct. your guest. And there's something so synchronous about that and about our backgrounds. I was a corporate facilitator in training and development uh, with Delta Airlines. And so I too had that background of, of teaching and, and telling and giving information for people to then go implement. So I too had to really learn how to coach and take that art of allowing people to discover. However, when I look back, I realized I was always becoming a coach, mm. always becoming. So when you ask, was I Lucy with the five cents? I was, was the go-to girl <laughs> <laughs> growing up for friends looking for advice. And I, 
I say that I could have had my own Dear Annie column decades ago. And by the mm-hmm. way, I now do have my own Dear Annie column. <laughs> <laughs> and I try really hard as people send in their questions for advice to turn it back to them with questions because I have learned the power of asking questions. But I was the go-to girl. But what I realized, and someone put as a description in my high school annual, and such a good listener. So it goes mm. back to that. So I recognize I always had that skill set before I became a trained facilitator. Uh. I was trained to teach and to disseminate information. So listening was always innate. And I never realized how important that skill would become not only, you know, to my life's work, but but literally to changing my own life, listening to to myself and to my heart. And that's what I try to help people do now. But what I what I did and what how I became a coach is after I went through some of my own losses and went through a support group literally for a divorce, it was in that group that I was asked then to take over and lead it. I think because of my facilitation. Uh... Right. From that group, people were started asking for one on one time with me and I didn't feel qualified to do that or to guide them in that way, though I was meeting them for coffee and lunch. And next thing I know, they're at my house and my cats in their lap. And (laughs) and I'm like, okay, I've got to do something with this. But I didn't until one day life sort of opened that path for me and I left a 17 year aviation career to um, follow my new husband's career, which moved us and relocated us. And I found myself starting over and I had an opportunity to do something. Mm. And with that opportunity, I answered that call and began serving in my community again, separation, divorce, began offering personal development courses. But I found people asking for one-on-one time again. And I said, okay, what, how, how can I do this better than going for a coffee and lunch? Right. And I pursued uh, continuing my education through coaching certifications. And um, and I'll throw this in there. Yeah. Not only was listening in Nate, but in college, I majored in journalism. Uh-huh. All about the power of asking the question to help people rebuild their stories. So I realized that was my path of truly becoming a coach and following um, the doors and the knocks and the calling to actually become one. Beautiful, beautiful. So I love that because it's like the the innate skills were always there, but but it sort of wasn't until you made your way through your own challenges and life presented you with an opportunity and you said yes to that opportunity that you really sort of jumped into it with with both feet. So that's that's beautiful, Anne. Yeah. All right, let, let, let's we got our first break to take. Um, so when we come back, let's just talk a little bit about sort of your journey as a coach, why you ended up writing this book, The Gift of the Shift, The Gift of Shift, and and sort of what's happened since the book came out. Okay. Perfect. So wonderful. So everyone, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We do this every Thursday, 12 noon to 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on talkradio.nyc and 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific time on Wednesdays on KMET uh, out of Palm Springs, California. So grateful to be part of the KMET family. And we will be right back. 
in just a moment. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. on edge hey we live in challenging edgy times so let's lean in i'm sandra bargeman the host of the edge of every day which airs each monday at 7 p.m eastern time on talkradio.nyc tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges that's the edge of every day on mondays at 7 p.m eastern time on talkradio.nyc You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We're speaking this hour with Anne Papayoti, author of the book, The Gift of Shift. Um, so how long ago did you start coaching? Uh, I mean, you know, you officially getting your, your coaching certification and start working with people in a more official manner. Officially 2015. And, oh. uh, and it's just been a ride ever since, just more certifications, more education. And I believe in the value of that. And I continue learning, but I, I find that it's really not the certifications and the, and my own education that gravitate people to me. I'm the one that needed that for myself to feel worthy Mm. of their coach. It's my personal experiences that people tend to um, come to me because I think they find me relevant and, and, believe I can relate to what they're going through. Yeah. And, and loss is such a big topic right now. Uh, uh, over the, the summertime, I was out in the West coast for three months and the last few weeks we were in Vancouver and I put together a little ceremony in Vancouver and everyone who attended, they were all dealing with some kind of loss. And I feel like over the last two and a half years, We've all experienced different kinds of loss and not just necessarily loss of a loved one to COVID. It could be all kinds. I know many people who've lost people to everything from 
heart attacks to cancer to suicide to loss of a career loss of an industry almost um what how did you deal with your own loss and how does that help you to to coach others who are going through some big loss in their life yes uh, and we all first of all I agree with you we've all had to deal with some kind of loss we've all kind of been in the same storm at least maybe not in the same boat as they say but in the same storm whether it was it was death or divorce there's been a lot of relationship loss relocation is a type of a loss when you when you move and giving up you know community and absolutely actually i i can really relate to that because so many of my friends here in New York City moved out of New York City during the pandemic that um, this year, like early in the year, my birthday's in February, I was trying to get together a little birthday party. Uh, and and I was like, there weren't that many people to invite. And like, I've had birthday parties where I invited 50 people and the apartment was just totally crammed with people. But I was like down to like, I don't know, five, six, seven people. And I was like, where is everybody? And then I realized like people have moved all over the place. They've moved to Florida. They've moved upstate. They've moved to Europe. They've moved across the country, across the globe, like a lot of people took this opportunity because of, I think, the more virtualness of, of the world to just relocate to someplace they've always wanted to live. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then we've seen, I think even a diagnosis is a loss, a loss of your health. Mm. Right. So there's all kinds of losses and I've experienced all of those I just named plus, plus more. And mm. with each one, I've, I've learned, you know, and I've grown. And with each one, I think the, the I, bec- I became more resilient. And so my comeback time was shorter after mm. each one. But because of that, what, what I learned was I, I would get pulled into the depths of being victimized by it, being in conflict with it. But ultimately, I would learn to take responsibility for how I wanted to experience my life. And at the end of the day, what was happening was happening. And I could choose to be victimized by it, or I could choose to look for something good. And the whole premise of positive psychology is not to deny that the negative in life exists, that the dark side exists, but it's to choose to focus on the positive, on the light, that that too exists. And where are you going to affix your gaze, if you will? It's like the thorny stemmed rose. There's the thorny stem, but there's also the beautiful blossom at the top. And which one will you choose to focus on? And I choose to focus on the beautiful blossom at the top. And that's what I learned to do for myself was to instate the power of my choice. Mm. And that's what I find we give away. So my... It is the power of choice and we, or we lose it in, um, in the, the, the negativity in the, in being swept away in the darkness of the loss. And when we're in the darkness, we don't see the option. We don't see the option. And that's why sometimes we need a guide. We need someone just sign, shine the flashlight down in the darkness and say, there is a way out. There are a few options. 
Right. Right. Because, and they've even done studies. I know that the brain, when it's under stress, like the neural pathways close down and then it's hard to see like the different choices and the different options. And we often think there's either no choice or there's only one choice between two different things. But the truth is there's usually an infinite number of choices. There are all kinds of different choices. It just depends on our perspective and and what we're willing to um you know, which direction we're willing to go in. And every choice has consequences is not to say they're not consequences to the choices. Uh, but oftentimes we, we are, are just limit ourselves so much because when we're under stress, we're in the middle of the strong emotional situation that they say when, when the emotions are high, the intellect drops or when the emotions are low, the intellect goes up. So it's, it's working with someone when we're highly emotional and when we're very charged, to sort of help us to calm down a little bit so that then we can bring up and realize like, oh, but there are choices. There are different ways of viewing things. There are different perspectives that we can use. Exactly. And that's exactly what the gift of shift is about. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tracy and I took 12 common themes in life. She wrote about six. I wrote about six. And we Mm -hmm. used the power of personal story to illustrate, and this goes back to exactly what you were talking about, sharing, not telling, sharing our personal experiences of how we went from sort of negative, disempowered ways of thinking about what we were experiencing to shifting our our perspective, Hmm. not changing what was, not changing the circumstances, but changing our perspective so we could experience it differently and empowering Mm. ourselves and we're showing how we did it through something and then we ask it's a guided journal so behind each short story Uh. is a guided journal for the reader so that they can now so we're asking those questions to allow the reader to say hey through this theme in life your story wouldn't be the same as ours but we've all experienced the theme of 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 trying to decide what do we believe? Was this a coincidence or a synchronicity? Was uh, what we've all been through betrayal on some level in life. We've all mm-hmm. had to, to choose to forgive or not. Mm-hmm. We've all had to, to, to cling to hope or, or get swept out away in hopelessness. We've all, um, we've all been caught up in fear. Versus love. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. So types of themes are all in the book. So how has this theme um, affected your life? And the, the goal of the questions and the guided journal is for the reader to, to either be reminded of a time that they went through this theme. And even though they may be well beyond this particular story in their life, what was it about them that got them through it? So they can be reminded of that now to help them through some new challenge. Oh yeah, that's what got me through that. Because we forget our strengths. We forget. Yes. Yes. Or if not, maybe they'll recognize where they're still stuck in that story. Mm. Then we give them these lined pages to rewrite their story in a more powerful way. Uh, uh, So you're giving them an opportunity to really reframe what they've been through in a way that will serve them better than, than the original story. That's right. 
I'm, I'm curious, in just a minute or two before we go to break, what was there something that really got you and your, your co-author to really say, oh, let's write a book about this? Or, or was it just something that, you know, you already had a bunch of material and it's like, oh, well, let's just put it together? We had, um, we were both living in Canada before I relocated to Texas. We met ah. at a training event in Miami, Florida, because that's what Canadians do. They go to Florida. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, where in Canada were you? I was in Montreal and she was in um, New Brunswick and we, but we met there and we just gravitated to one another and knew we wanted to work together. And we had been doing collaborating, creating content and doing workshops. She would travel to Quebec. I would travel to New Brunswick and we would sell out these workshops, but the content wasn't around our personal stories. But when I relocated, mm -hmm. we knew we wanted to still try to collaborate and I'd been pushing her to write a book. We should write a book together. I'd wanted to write a book since I was 17, but Sam, I thought it'd be a novel. Yeah. <laughs> Life took me down a different path, maybe one day. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but she's, she wasn't a writer, didn't want to write. She's more of a vlogger, you know, the video. She's mm -hmm. younger than me and different kinds of life experiences. But she came back to me. She goes, let's do it. Let's write a book. Uh... And we're talking about, you know, are we going to take this workshop and chop it up? And we already had one titled The Gift of Shift. I'm like, no, you know what? This power of the personal story. And we we just took, somehow it just came to us and we literally had a download from the universe. Let's do it. Let's do it this mm. way. Let's empower people. If we can't be with them one-on-one, -on -one. we started it before the pandemic. January, 2020, we started writing. Um, it published during the pandemic and it ended up being a very, very, empowering appropriate tool for people stuck at home great wonderful 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 all right it, it's time for us to take another little break when we come back i, I want to know where did the title come from the gift of shift and um you know what challenges have you had along the way that really contributed to your perspectives of what you've put into the book okay Awesome. So everyone, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. And we'll be right back with Anne Papayote in just a moment. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss... Did you know using your browser in incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? Take back your privacy with IPVanish VPN. Just one tap and all your data, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be instantly protected. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. Use IPVanish on all your devices, anytime you go online at home and especially on public Wi-Fi. Get IPVanish now for 70% off a yearly plan with this exclusive offer at IPVanish.com audio. Ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges 
business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. I see our loyal listener, Patty, on the live stream uh, tuning into today's show. Thank you so much, Patty. I always appreciate your uh, support and, and your sharing of the video. Um, and for those of you who, who aren't uh, subscribed to our YouTube channel, please go to youtube.com slash C, the letter C, slash Talking Alternative. And uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. So when our live streams come up, you you get notified and you have an opportunity to see the video as well as listen to the audio. Um, so, Anne, where did the title The Gift of Shift come from? That came from uh, just a phone conversation Tracy and I were having one day. And I just love alliteration and rhyming. And it was just, it just was an organic, authentic kind of just thing that came up when we were planning uh to collaborate on a workshop, as I said, and it became the title of that, but it's the gift of the mindset shift. Again, just shifting perspective, nothing else. And that is choice, but it only happens when we're ready to feel differently. Hmm. Can't change the experience. I, I share in the book, one of the chapters, the, the gift of Charlie Brown is about, so when you brought up Lucy, the psychiatrist, yeah. <laughs> and I have a, t- a chapter titled The Gift of Charlie Brown, but that is actually about the loss of my firstborn son. He passed away in infancy. Um. And I say I've experienced death and grief. I have. And it's, that's just one, one story. And we all have stories in our lives, right? And we have stories of loss. And this is one story of loss. And we don't share every detail in these short stories, but we share enough for the reader to see how we experienced, in this case, the theme of grief, how I moved through that grief and moved out to a different perspective to be able to experience and turn my, my pain into some kind of purpose so that rather than, than be stuck in darkness following this, which I could have been, and I speak about the fact that I wanted to die following his death. Um, But it took my ability to be able to look up from the depths of my pain and my grief to see the opportunity to feel differently and then choosing that. Yeah. There's, there's the, 
the gift of buoyancy. And that's where I'm talking about holding on to hope to stay afloat after a, another child of mine had a had a diagnosis that was gonna of, of a childhood illness that we had to see him through. He's, uh, he's well, thank you. Oh, you know, uh, all of those the beautiful things I'm very grateful for. There are chapters of 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 things that are very uplifting too. So I don't want you to think it's all you know negative yeah. that are heavy. But we do preface that in the introduction so people are prepared. I'm I'm curious with all the loss and the challenges that you've lived through. Do you believe life happens for us, not to us? I do. Mm. And that's what some people say. I want what you have because I, I, I feel like everything is against me, right? Yeah. Like, no, it's for you. There is the gift. And that's what we're talking about. There's a gift in each thing that when you can lovingly open it, open it, you'll find it and you'll find meaning and purpose and you will, there's love from everything. And to me, love is the great healer. Love mm. is the all healer and light is the only antagonist to the darkness. So the more light I can see and the more love I can create from anything that uh, that is seemingly and truly awful in the moment, there's always something good to come and that's the quote i put in the gift of charlie brown and it's a quote mm. from himself that i do believe charles schwartz wrote for adults and not children yes yes really absolutely but there's always something good to come but we have to look up to see it and yeah well to look up from the depths of our darkest moments and there is light but we have to follow that light there is a great line. Um, I'm, I'm watching the, the series on Amazon of the Rings of Power because I love Tolkien and the Lord of the Rings. And, and someone says to, to uh, another character, hope, however meager is never mere. You know, because you'd made some comment about like, oh, it, uh, you're basing this on mere hope. And he was like, it doesn't matter how meager it is. It, hope is never mere. It's never little. Um, I, I'm, I'm curious, uh, when, with all the people that you've worked with and you've helped and supported, what is sort of the biggest challenge around making that mindset shift, around being able to sort of flip, being able to see the challenges that they're going through from something that's tearing them down to something that's building them up? There's a couple of things. One is, is sometimes it's just everybody's journey is different and there's mm -hmm. time learning to cooperate with time for their healing. Mm -hmm. But I think the biggest challenge, there's a resistance to let go. There's a resistance mm -hmm. to let go of something that's become a bit of an identity. Um, mm -hmm. Someone I was actually working with yesterday, she's afraid to let go of feeling responsible for her partners for not helping her partner more doing more her partner ultimately passed away but she, mm. there's a feeling of responsibility that she didn't do more she's scared to let go because she's scared to lose connection to him mm. so there's there and, and that's a common theme whether it's death or it's divorce or even if it's something very uncomfortable, it's like it's a scratchy wool blanket, but it's my scratchy yeah. wool blanket. It's what I know, and it gives me a rash, but it's 
better than what I don't know. Even though you're telling me there's this 100% cotton, you know, cashmere combo blanket over here, I'm willing to give this one away, Linus. <laughs> there's something more beautiful waiting for me. So their identity gets wrapped up in their loss or yeah. in their pain, and they're scared to to let go of it. And um, so they just keep going through life with it, dragging it yeah. around, carrying right. the weight, the burden of it, and um, they're scared to. Yeah, and 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 that that fear of the loss of connection, I can really see that in many people I know. Like I have a very close friend whose son. OD'd a year ago. He just graduated from college. He had all these great prospects. Everything was looking good. And he he got some bad stuff. And in the middle of the night while he was home, he, he, he transitioned. And it's been a very, very challenging. She was very, very connected to him when he was alive. And I could see how she's holding on to the pain. I mean, she's doing much better. Don't get me wrong. Um, but she's still holding on to that identity and holding on to that pain because I could see underneath it, there's a real fear of if she lets go of it, she'll lose that connection to him. So I can definitely see that. Yeah. yeah. Um, when it's something maybe not as, as, as personal as loss of a loved one, but maybe even something a little more practical, like loss of a job. How is that different? How do people respond differently to that? They actually respond the same. It, everyone really? goes, goes through grief. And um, and that's one thing I also see where people will minimize their pain and try to jump over and avoid grief. And that prolongs, delays actually their healing process. So all loss requires grief. I'm just going to say that mm. That's what I found. If you don't grieve the loss, whether it's the dream, the what should have been, the unfairness, whatever the feeling is, you have to grieve the loss, yeah. the perceived loss. Right. Before you can truly accept with full the full beauty of what can be and what is coming for mm. you and the next thing. Otherwise, you go from the job loss. Yes, maybe there's a new job, but you're not receiving it in an openness and a fullness with a gratitude that is this was meant to be right so there there's a, a grief cycle and the grief cycle is not linear and i do speak about this in the gift yeah. it's not linear it's not you know step one step two check it off it's you know you may go from sadness to uh, back to denial and shock and then you may go into mm. anger and then you may feel at peace and acceptance and then you're thrown right back into to, to to sadness or into anger and then bargaining for a while of the woulda shoulda couldas before finally arriving at you believe peace and acceptance and I say it's like the the rent cycle in the washing machine you know it speeds up slows down finally seems to stop and somebody opens the door of the washing machine and then you're stuck like a sock in the gasket and they close it and they start it all over again. Yeah. So that's what I mean. Everybody's time period's different. Don't beat yourself up. Don't hold yourself to a certain time, but cooperate with time because time does assist in your healing. It will give you a, 
distance which gives you a new perspective it's just like if you go onto a hilltop and look down you see where you've been but if you yeah. stay in it you can't see anything but those woods that you were in so giving yourself time giving yourself some distance will help create a new perspective but if you stay in it i tell people going through divorce if you keep going to the places that you went if you keep hanging out with the the same crowd and there's obviously the plus ones missing if you keep listening to the same music you're keeping the wounds open so you have Man. to cooperate with time in the actions you choose um the things you expose yourself to so that you can allow that. Yeah. You know, being present to the feelings and to the grief and to the loss is so, so important. And being brought up Jewish, you know, we, we have this tradition of, um, uh, sitting Shiva, which basically when there's a loss of an immediate family member, you're not supposed to go out, you cover the mirrors, you're not supposed to listen to music. There are all these rules around and they never really, got it you, you know as a kid but as i've gotten older now i understand that it's like oh it's giving space and the opportunity to truly grieve and and to allow it but it, it's interesting because it, it's a very finite time it's like seven days and then after those seven days that's it you 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 pull the the, the curtains off the the window and it's like okay you've grieved now move on with life now, again, that time period for different people can, and depending on the type of loss can be different. But I mean, how often do we have a loss? Do we just give ourselves seven days to sit with it, not be distracted, not allow other things to sort of take us out of that uncomfortable feeling because we need to kind of feel that uncomfortable feeling in order to pass through it is what you're saying. Exactly. And so many people don't. Right. Like I said, they, they'll minimize it. Well, it was just a job. That person lost a human being, right? It was, it was your, it represented maybe everything you prepared for in life. It represented how you supported your family. It represented that, you know, now you, people start perceiving themselves as a failure or this, they make it about them rather than, you know, so there's a lot to process here and then a lot to move through. So it's, you ask, is it the same? It is the same because like my client yesterday is making it about her. She didn't do enough. Mm. She lost the job. job. I didn't do enough. I didn't perform well enough. It was so people internalize it and make it about them. So there's still that same process to move through, though the losses are different. And yeah. at the end of the day, it's about self-compassion, self-forgiveness. That's the letting go at the end of yeah. the day. And, yeah. then, and then being able to, to move forward. But what I love about um, rituals like Shiva is that it's representative. It doesn't mean mm. seven days, but it's representative of allowing that time period. And mm. then the fact that you are allowed to give yourself permission mm -hmm. to move forward. There is yeah. life continues, but... So I love the fact that the ritual representation of yeah. having half time periods around it. Some cultures have a 45 days that the. Right, right, right. There are different cultures have different rituals and different things, but it's representative of giving yourself that space and time right. and then removing the black or removing the cloaks and then moving mm -hmm. forward mm -hmm. and 
and beyond, not getting over. And I never use the word getting over. It's mm. and yeah. moving beyond. And that means you're not letting go. You're not losing connection. It means now let's adopt a new way. Let's focus on those good memories. Let's, let's share with them. Let's talk about them. I love to talk about angel bursaries of people who pass. Mm. Let's celebrate them um, beyond that grief. And yeah. yes, triggers, you know, there will always be triggers yeah. but, and, and allow that emotion as well. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. through it and, and neuropsychologists have taught us that we literally experience a wave of emotion for about 90 seconds. Mm-hmm. So let it wash over you. What rather than hold on to it, allow the wash, right? Allow the wash over, allow the cry. But what happens to the people who get stuck, grab hold. Yeah, so let's hold it there for the moment because we're, we're a little bit late. Let's uh, take our last uh, little tiny break for the show. When we come back, I'd like to talk just a little bit before you, you, you we talk about like what's next for you and what's coming up, uh, just the cultural context that we live in and and sort of the perspective of what we're going through versus what's going on in society in general around us especially in today's world. So everyone, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We do this every Thursday on talkradio.nyc, every Wednesday on KMET. And if you missed any part of today's show, you can always find the replays on talkradio.nyc on all the major podcasting platforms, Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, we're everywhere. And we'll be right back with our guest, Anne Papayoti, author of the book, The Gift of Shift, in just a moment. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. pet lovers pet avengers assemble on the professionals and animal lovers show we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong it mirrors that bond between pets and their owners through this program we come together to learn educate and advocate join us live every wednesday at 2 p.m at talkradio.nyc You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. So, Anne, uh, 
when we're going through some challenge, it's not necessarily an isolated incident, right? There's context to the greater sort of surrounding uh, experience of people around us. And that can affect how we go through it, what we feel in the moment, can't it? Absolutely. And, you know, you were talking earlier just about all the, your party and the people realizing people were moving and, and everything with the pandemic. And I, I feel like there's been like a huge awakening, if you will, mm. and uh, a shift in consciousness in general. And uh, one of the chapters of the gift of shift is, that I wrote is the gift of JOMO. <clears throat> and if your audience isn't familiar with that acronym, it's the joy of missing out which uh-huh. is the antithesis to FOMO, the fear of missing out. And that's really what mm. I found. A lot of people were kind of doing that dance mm. when we all were affected at the same time around the globe with what was going on. So the 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 FOMO, the fear of missing out, we saw with, you know, I have to stay home. And the jumbo mm-hmm. was, I get to stay home. Yeah. <laughs> going on. And then some people would, would do the, that dance back and forth in the same day, in the same hour. And then, you know, then this, this, this shift started happening to choose one over the other. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. some companies were reinventing themselves while others had to shut their doors. And people started looking for more meaning and purpose in life. And as you said, some uh, some relocated, uh, some looked for bigger spaces, more land. Mm. Some, some looked to move closer to family. People, mm. I, I found it became more of a way of being versus doing. Yes, yes. Experience the the more awakening and, and consciousness, and. I feel like everything has just been showing opportunities for mm-hmm. us to awaken, whether we choose to or not. Others stuck in fear, mm-hmm. whether it was about the mandate to wear a mask or this or that. There was always resistance. Resistance is fear. So we see it. We see it played out in the news. We see it play out in attitudes. And then we see the other, you know, people were learning new skills, learning how to garden, learning how to sew, learning you know, they were taking the opportunity of this time of being at home, people reinventing how they do right. you know, being, becoming a virtual world in this way. So, um, yeah. yes, well, everything's effect, affected and continued and connected. And it's how we, again, choose to see it and which, where do we want to be? Mm-hmm. Which, where, where do we want to put our mindset? Because our mindset's going to affect and pull people down or lift people up. Yeah. You, you know, it was quite interesting to watch at the beginning of the pandemic for myself because my wife and I, we've done so much work and processing fear and things like that. And, and, and now that you've said that, that resistance is fear, I w- we were able to adapt and shift and change because we didn't have much resistance. And I believe we didn't have much resistance because we had processed a lot of fear in our lives from the inner work that we do so that I was much more able to be adaptable compared to some people that I know. Because there are many people I know who are speaker trainers, who their whole 
business was built on doing in-person live events and suddenly they weren't able to do it anymore. And, and there was some resistance to taking that and, and flipping it and going virtual with it. And it took them, you know, six months, a year, sometimes two years to kind of make that shift. And, 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 and these are people who are very conscious people and people who, who, who work with people to help people through things, yet still they had their own resistance. They had their own fear. So I think it's important to kind of keep in mind sort of the greater context that we're working within. And that sometimes we feel things a little bit more than maybe the situation warrants because it's not all ours. It could be our families. It could be our communities. It could be our town, our state and, and, and being conscious and aware and present to the, the more global context, I feel is really important if we're going to learn to thrive in this world that we're in now. Um, unfortunately, I could, I, I, and I could speak with you for hours about this. Unfortunately, we're running out of time. If people want to learn more about you, you know, learn more about your work, where can they go? Where can they find you? I am on social media and I have my website is skyviewcoaching.com. So skyview is all about looking up, right? Getting that mm. skyviewcoaching.com, Facebook, skyview coaching, um, and Papayoti and the spelling will be in the show notes, I'm sure. Yes. Instagram and, and Twitter and all of those places. And the book, The Gift of Shift, is available from Amazon. And you can go to your local bookseller and they can order it for you as well if you'd like to support your own smaller chain. And, and you have a little free gift for our audience, don't you? I do. I have a small mini course on Soul CPR. And I think it's uh, at my website slash free hyphen gift hyphen soul hyphen cpr is that right i think it's soul hyphen cpr hyphen free hyphen gift there you go that'll be in the show notes as well and it'll be in the show notes and also i what's next is i ha- i'm doing a larger course on soul cpr and that will be starting january doing a beta group right now and it's where you'll have accountability and support but also a video led self-paced course and Wonderful. so i look forward to offering that to people well, wonderful. Well, and thank you so much for taking the time out of your schedule for coming on my show today. I really appreciate it. If people want to learn more about her work, again, the, the website is skyview, uh, V-I-E-W, like a view out the window, coaching.com. Highly recommend you check it out. And the name of her book, again, is The Gift of Shift, Discover the Key Within to Unlike, Unlock Your Best Life. Thank you, Anne. You have a wonderful day now. Thank you, Sam. And thank you, my loyal listeners, for tuning in every week. I really appreciate you. If you've gotten something out of today's show, please share it with your friends, your family, your colleagues. Uh, Let them know about the Conscious Consultant Hour. Um, As I mentioned earlier, please check us out on the podcasting platforms, on YouTube. And thank you for tuning in. And we will be speaking with you next week.
Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. all pet lovers pet avengers assemble on the professionals and animal lovers show we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong it mirrors that bond between pets and their owners through this program we come together to learn educate and advocate join us live every wednesday at 2 p.m at talkradio.nyc post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Did you know using your browser in incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? Take back your privacy with IPVanish VPN. Just one tap and all your data, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be instantly protected. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. Use IPVanish on all your devices, anytime you go online at home and especially on public Wi-Fi. Get IPVanish now for 70% off a yearly plan with this exclusive offer at IPVanish.com audio.